0: In a way, it's applying the catalyst process to my own evolution as a catalyst, connecting the dots, reading the book, trying to derive patterns, seeing what I can take from my past, from how I interact with people, looking at this with different eyes, if you want.
1: Hi, I'm Shannon Lucas. And I'm Tracy Lovejoy. And we're the co-CEOs of Catalyst Constellations, which is dedicated to catalyzing innate change makers to accelerate positive change. This is our podcast, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out, where we highlight catalysts that are creating amazing change in the world. In this season of the podcast, we are diving deep into the skills that make catalysts successful. And I am so excited today to have with us Paul Delbar. Paul has worked in different roles from software development and product management to sales and marketing in both small and larger companies. He also started his own company, which built the first online fundraising platform in Belgium, which I didn't know before today, Paul. Thanks. That's amazing. (laughs) The common theme in all of that is helping companies become better and stronger. He's currently working uh, as a product marketing manager for a fast-growing Belgian company, OMP, in supply chain planning. Solutions. Thanks for being with us today, Paul.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's an honor.
1: We're thrilled to have you here. So let's start off how, I mean, I, I read your bio and I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a catalyst, but why don't you tell us how do you relate to the concept of catalyst?
0: Um, like many catalysts, I mean, reading the book, uh, I, I capitalized the end book when I when I say this. Um, is always everybody who talks about it goes through the same experiences like this, this discovering a mirror that you can recognize yourself in. It was the same for me about a year and a half ago, reading the book gifted to me by a dear friend, um, who said, this this feels a lot like you. He's a catalyst as well. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and you, when you ask Catholics what happened when you read the book is they, they start reading. And somewhere between chapter six and eight, they go like, oh, it's dark outside. I have to stop reading. You don't want to put it down because it's so recognizable. Um, in the first phase you really see the connection with with the patterns that are described in the book it takes a a long time to get to embrace those techniques get to learn about how you function and then come to terms with that basically be able to say I'm a catalyst without feeling that you're bragging about your superpowers Um, and I'm slowly emerging into the phase I think where I I'm discovering what good I can do with all these superpowers. Uh, so that's really exciting, uh, an exciting phase in, in my Catalyst journey.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. And you know, with our touch points over the years, Paul has been so incredible watching the depth of your exploration about what it means to be a Catalyst. And so I'm excited for this next part of the conversation. I also feel like we should give a shout out. Who is the good friend who gave you the book?
0: It's uh, Stephen Paulman's. Stephen yes, 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 yes. Nice.
1: Yes, definitely an ultra catalyst too. Thanks, Steven. (laughs) All right. So, you know, in this season, we're talking about the skills that have made Catalyst successful. So, what are like one or two of the skills and tools that you have used that have made you successful in all of those amazing things? And maybe were there times when you failed because you didn't have those skills?
0: Um, that's a mixed bag. Obviously, for most people, Um, I think the key strength that stands out if I look back on, on my career is. Um, the superpower is seeing clearly where other people only see chaos. Mm. It's when everybody says, what, what should we do? Where should we go? You go like, well, it's clear. We should go this and do that, I mean, it's obvious. Um, it's the kind of moment where as a Catholic, you can shine because people are willing to listen. They want to have somebody who points the direction and seems to understand. I'm claiming, I'm sort of emphasizing, seems to understand what is happening <laughs> as, a, as an idea of an inkling of an idea of what's happening. At the same time, those are the situations that set you up for going too far too fast because you're being pushed in a leadership position. And as a young catalyst, there's some level of heroism being, by being the leader in times of chaos and challenge. And it becomes such a, such a high that you get somewhat addicted to that feeling. And I think that's why um, I went through two burnouts, one major crash, one that I saw coming and break just in time Um, and a few what I've started to call page 66 moments you'll have to look that up page 66 in your book third paragraph (laughs) is where you say um, if you cannot seem to be fixing it it's time to leave Um, and I recognize this with a lot of catalysts I speak to they're either 80% of people I speak to are in transit to another opportunity, which seems to be a normal state for a catalyst change, obviously. Um, But there have been moments where I realized that I'm running out of chips to play here. The game has evolved. I didn't understand why. And the Catalyst book actually gave me a guideline of this is where this is what happened. This is the dynamic that happened. This is where you were a big part of that. And this is how you could have avoided it, maybe, but most likely. And going back and analyzing those pitch 66 moments has really helped me to avoid making the same mistakes over and over again. Um, So yeah, the catalyst process to my own evolution as a catalyst, connecting the dots, reading the book, trying to derive patterns, seeing what I can take from my past, from how I interact with people, looking at this with different eyes, if you want. To get to the point where I have an action map of how I become an even better catalyst. So it's a meta catalyst process if you want. Um, Self-observation is is my latest uh, interest. It's that phase where you try to understand what makes you a catalyst, what makes you good at being a catalyst, where you still have some work to do, some techniques to learn, some reflexes to to counter. and that's a very exciting journey, which I also love to share in, in the Catalyst community. And uh, I'm experienced that a lot of people are responding to some of those um, crazy frameworks and ideas I try to push out to understand. I'm, I'm a structural thinker, right? So I, I always tend to look for the framework behind the framework. Um, I'm not claiming that this is science, but it does give some language to express some of the reasoning that may have caused some of the catalytic effects, um, some of the things that worked really well, like creating that online fundraising platform, really being so focused on this idea and just doing whatever it took to make that happen. And in other situations, being utterly, um, disappointingly failing at getting very simple things done, which were not 10% that hard, but just understanding why that dynamic played out that way. So. The book has made a big difference, to be honest. Yes.
1: Thank you. Thank you for that. I love so what I heard was um, the one of the first superpowers of catalyst that you're bringing in is, is that skill is being able to see those visions clearly and make the sense out of the out of the chaos, which is super interesting, and then the other one is the self observation. Um, and I'm wondering if you can tell a little bit of the story about like how those things are playing out. As you, you and I have had multiple conversations over the past few months about like how that's playing out in your day job now, and how it sounds like it's helping you effectively mentor and bring other people along in the organization.
0: Um, I I think the the raw superpower that every catalyst has is that rapid dot connecting the analytical skills to really assemble all the points discover the patterns there's a really good book about the pattern seekers that I recommend to everyone that is a really good one to see in that sense um, catalysts behavior and your diversity are really close friends yeah um, we have a divergent pattern of dealing with information and dealing with the data that we see in there um what it's a like a signal that comes out of the background automatically. You cannot ignore this signal as a catalyst. It's it's incredibly difficult. And when you try to do it, you make mistakes. All you need to do is give it a place, put it in a box and have it sit on your shoulder and tell you what it thinks without having it run the conversation and run all of you. It's gotten to the point where being aware of that has brought me to sit in a meeting room and actually seeing that that process happen in in the heads of the people around the table, which is really weird. Um, But you can nearly understand why they're going to say the next sentence by following on the information that was presented in the previous sentence by somebody else. And being able to see the reasoning, not just in your own mind, but in in the hive mind, if you want, actually helps in orchestrating, which is the superpower that typically your younger catalyst self does does not have. It is the pacing. It's not the getting the plan in place or the action map. It's really the pacing, the, the the analyst who discovers all the dots and connects them and the visionary who shapes the vision, tells about the vision and and the leader who tries to get people up that mountain. But just make sure these three are in balance and nobody actually skews the, the triangle. Um, it It's sort of an epiphany that you try to get to that better understanding. and at one fine day, at least for me, it was that way, you discover that you can actually see this. It's like, kind of like the matrix. Yeah. You see that You see that pattern happening, you understand it, you sense it, and you're able to respond to that. So you don't go into these, I'm gonna push this idea through situation anymore because you see what it is doing to other people. I have never in my life been as patient as in the last three to six months. Um, I'm, I'm daily surprising myself of, of how I am able to not go fast to the point that I'm sometimes missing the manic episodes, to be honest. It's kind of fun to go on a, on a rampage in my brain and sort of spend the weekend thinking something through 16 cycles. But on Monday, you realize that it was all for nothing. The, the last 15 cycles, is just not very productive. So you go back to just one at a time. And uh, at my, you know, my favorite expression is carbon-based life forms, um, which is uh, the regular non-catalytic people. It really helps to have these people around you to slow you down. Um, not thinking that you're better than them, but just you're that little bit different. And it's really the people you do it for. It's not for yourself. It's really to get them towards that vision and loving them, embracing that feeling and caring about how they feel about the journey is also a way of slowing down and not listening too much to your own voice that wants to go faster, faster, further, further. Um, So that's what I feel like all self-realization is discovering that it's actually easy to let go of your own desire to go fast and far if you are truly um, interested in the people around you in the carbon-based life forms. It sounds like a demeaning term, but I really don't mean it that way.
1: I just want to pause, like... The depth of what you just shared and the wisdom of applying this practice back to what it means to be a catalyst is so profound. Like I got chills, Paul. And it's like thank you. We talk so much about the emotional labor, but one of I mean I'm getting teary thinking about it. But one of the pivots is if you're if you're carrying that burden of the emotional labor for moving people through the process. When you start it with love and compassion instead of that resistance that we start off with catalysts, you know, as catalysts, not intentionally, we think we're trying to bring them along, but when we miss that love and compassion that you were talking about, it's just, it, it's, it sets everyone up almost for failure. And I've never really understood until you said it this way today, like how transformational that love and compassion is in this process, both for ourselves, our passion, our self our, our self-compassion, the patience, but also for everyone around us.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and it, it goes to an, an idea that I've been playing with is like the featherlight catalyst, the selfless, weightless catalyst who is not really part of the vision, not part of the journey. So does not have a preference to go left or right up the mountain, go far or not so far, is able to just um, sort of in a Buddhist way, appreciate the moment, see what's happening and try to do just the next step. Just the next step, just a simple nudge in the right direction. And it helps to try to eliminate yourself from the equation, which means it's very hard if you are part of the system under change, it, it is very difficult to be neutral to that change. That's right. In situations where the change is happening to you, and as a catalyst, you tend to look for the steering wheel to control that. That's very tough to do, and that really creates a heavy emotional burden because it sort of amplifies your imposter syndrome feeling. Uh, and that is not a comfort zone for a, for a catalyst to be. Not in charge of the change is not where we want to sit. Uh, but it's true. It's 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 always been difficult for me to embrace the softer side of, of the catalyst story in terms of the the mindfulness and and the the softness of it all, linked to the rejuvenation and. And I find myself circling back through this selflessness concept. To mm. that's maybe exactly what we talk about. It's it's this, um, yeah, the ability to let go and to see the process, let it play out, respect that process with the people around you, and not try to drive it too much. Just nudge it. Just make a gesture in the right direction and let people go at their own pace, uh, which is very hard. Uh, but it's something apparently that you can you can adopt so very happy with that change.
1: So again, yes, 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 all of the things. And I think one thing so we that's one of the things that when we work with Catalyst, we try and help them and ourselves do is decouple a little bit of that personal, emotional, spiritual identity connection from the change. Um, And then I think there's another piece, which is helping other people remember that we aren't the change either, right? And so we'll often go out and um, we'll do the data collecting that they asked us to do, go fix this thing. And so we go do it and we come back and we process it all, we connect the dots, we come back with the vision. And when we bring it back, even if we have three options, they start associating those options with us and attacking us. And if we can help them remember too, I'm just here to help create change. So we can talk about what it is, but it's not, I, it's not me. Like we can go with, we need to park this. Let's park this. Let's go in a different direction. I'm happy to go in whatever direction you guys want, but it, we need to be clear about what that is. So I just, I really appreciate the depth of this conversation. Yeah. What do you do with, how do you manage your energy and manage yourself when you aren't putting all of that energy that you normally have pumping around your body into the creating change at speed?
0: Um, It, it, I have to admit it comes relatively naturally, in the sense that I probably use that energy to sense more of the people around me. Mm-hmm. And I, Ugh. I, I'm a scenario thinker. So when, um, when you're dealing with a group of people, in my job as a marketer, I deal with product development, with consultants, with with salespeople. So a lot of different roles that have different backgrounds so it's very difficult to have, find a common starting point f- to explain the vision and you, you don't run all these people you don't have any directive <clears throat> leadership towards them it's really influencing and and convincing them so that's the practice that a catalyst is the visionary one has to do that the storytelling the, the, the tying into what their world is to bridge that gap to show their map up the mountain um, that takes a lot of energy and I think if you as a catalyst, have not developed those skills, it feels like it's going not fast enough. So you abandon that and you don't do the storytelling. You don't do the buying in. Or you do it very mechanically. You hold a meeting, you explain what you want to do, and you go like, done. You know, Now it's up to you guys start marching. Why are you not moving? Did, did I not make myself clear? Or let, me re- let me explain it again. What they hear is, you're stupid. Um, <laughs> And really investing in the skills of of explaining, showing, teaching, coaching, learning, guiding, nudging, and all the negatives that come with that. Why do people not move? Why asking yourself, put your energy to work in connecting those dots. Why is this person not into this change? Am I missing data? Um, Because people, by definition, want a better place. They may not change. They want, want to change, but if the balance is right, they will, they will do the change. They will do the steps. But perhaps they don't see the benefits or there's something you're missing in the equation that's in their negative balance. So spending more time with them, empathizing with them, understanding them, listening to them, observing them. Now I'm really look, talking like an alien that is looking at the, uh, at the carbon-based life forms. But taking your time to connect the dots that live in the world of the people you want to have change is a way of channeling that energy for the better. Because it's it's 98% focusing your energy on them and only 2% that, on your right. own minds. And that 2% is more than enough. It's a homeopathic dilution of your catalytic skills <laughs> that makes the medicine work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna.
1: I, I fucking love this interview, Paul. I have to just swear <laughs> because you were blowing my mind. You were blowing my mind. I um I just, The dots that you're connecting, like, of course, that's what we should be doing, right? Of course, we should be funneling that energy into our empathy skills and bringing people along, but taking that step. I mean, like you said it better than I can say it, but I just, I love that you have applied your catalytic brain to the catalytic process and deconstructed it and just made it even better. So thank you.
0: Yeah. You remember my, my first comment in our first conversation that I was, I was missing a chapter in a book somewhere between two and four is not the one that says, okay, so you're going to burn out. This, this is why you're burning out. I would like, oh, well, wait, wait, I don't want to burn out. Just give me the chapter that explains how I do not burn out.
1: Yes.
0: And I think this is this is kind of the, the topic of that hidden chapter. Like I love three it. and three quarters. Where it says- You did that say says, this.
1: You did say this,
0: yeah. I, I'm discovering that by observing how I work and how I get progress and not get progress, the pattern emerges. It's really applying your your dot connecting skills to your own, which means you sort of look from yourself outward. You don't take yourself into the equation. It's surprising when you talk to other catalysts that they often see themselves as part of the problem set. They don't feel comfortable in their job. They're not being successful. And very often the trick is to isolate them from the picture, like observe look at what's happening, look at the Mm -hmm. pattern, look at what do you know? What do you see? Forget yourself. I mean, you have the superpower. You're not the problem here. You may be entangled in it because you choose to be entangled with it. Yes. And I think the the base um, benefit of becoming an aware catalyst is that you are okay with it. You don't see that as a problem or as a defect or as a thing you should work on. It's just, it's there. And you have the um the confidence to leverage what you have and avoid what you don't have and make the best of that. But it it is challenging for people, specifically for people who have had burnouts, who have had resistance, who, who have yeah. been trauma, who have been yeah. told that they are not good team players, that yeah. they are not empathic, that they are all kinds of stuff to explain why people don't want to work with you or even worse, who've convinced themselves that they are the problem yeah. to step out of that. And this is where the community, the Catalyst consolation community really works because you go on a call and it's like you're seeing 25 copies of yourself. <laughs> and suddenly these people start talking, they make sense. You're like, well, there must be, there must be something not wrong with me because I think exactly the same thing. Um, so we owe you both a big debt of gratitude, to be honest, because starting this movement has been, um, for many people, a big a big improvement all the way up to a lifesaver in many cases. I'm pretty um, certain of that. So uh, thank you both for that.
1: Deep, deep gratitude to you. Thank you. All right. After that incredibly heavy, intense, awesome <laughs> conversation, Tracy, over to you for the fun stuff. Uh, that was amazing.
2: And I just got to sit and observe as you were coaching me, Paul. So thank you both for that gift. All right. I've got three questions for you that are, you know, kind of that quick hit of advice for folks. So what's one thing that you do to be ready for a big meeting, Paul?
0: Um, I, I try to make sure the meeting is over before it starts, meaning I have mapped out every possible scenario, every opposition, every intervention. I've talked to people, I've got buy-in. I've basically applied my listening and feedback tour before because the joy of having a meeting that unfolds as a Shakespearean play, that everybody <laughs> knows their parts and you know where you're going. It's this feeling of harmony emphasizes what you're trying to achieve. If you don't have that harmony, at least someone in the room is gonna feel like they lost something. And, okay. and that joint winning feeling, you only get by playing the chess game beforehand. But as a catalyst, hey, that's just half an hour of your time.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, I love how easy you make that sound, amazing. Okay, I lo- I've never heard that. It's over before it starts and your description is perfect. It's <laughs> like, that's a new one in my arsenal as well. So what's your favorite way to spend a free day?
0: Um, doing stuff that, uh, keeps my brain from racing. Um, my, my favorite Sunday morning is cooking, cooking meals for Sunday dinner, cooking meals for the week, because there's something automatically focusing when you're dealing with sharp knives and hot stoves that keeps you from thinking and wondering your thoughts about something that's going to happen next week or that happened last week. So you're really in the moment and it's very sensorial. You smell, you taste, you hear. And that kind of anchors you to to the present uh, and and stops your mind from going off with crazy thoughts and things you want to improve.
2: I love it. That's so well said. You're very concise. It's uh, impressive. And especially with English as a second language, it's amazing, truly. Like, I'm just taking all kinds of notes. All right, third and final for this section. Who's your favorite famous catalyst, alive or dead? And why?
0: Oh, is there a list? <laughs> is there a register that we're on? <laughs> oh God! No, um,
2: we are. We're tracking.
0: I, I think this is a this is a tough question. Um, I'm I'm circling back to the both of you, um, <laughs> because I don't I haven't met that many catalysts. I'm I'm just entering the community, and I'm 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 discovering that each and every one of them is a gem. So it's it's getting richer every time, um, but I think I want to single you both of you out, not just to suck up, um, but because you you're sort of saying that I I've done this self observation, but you don't realize perhaps, but you've done the self same self observation in terms of crystallizing this concept of of, of being a catalyst and looking at it from all these different angles, and the. Um, the work that must have been put in to create that book and to create your research and do all that and connect all these people must have been must have been incredible. Um, but you really should be proud of of, of the, re- the results you've achieved and you know where you've taken this and the good you're doing for so many people on a daily basis because I can assure you talking to just a few cats I've spoken with this is something we, we we have this book in our heart and we really practice those, those things every day. So it's made a big, big, big change. So to me, you deserve a, a sort of a shared first spot on that list. Well, thank you. That feels
1: amazing. It does feel amazing. And... I have to interject not to suck up Paul but just before you said answered that question you got asked that question I typed Tracy in chat I said I'm in love with him She did <laughs> So okay. it's a Excellent. mutual admiration <laughs> society Paul It Excellent. is Thank it you is. so
0: much uh, I'm am there's nothing special to, I'm just a catalyst
1: Just standing in front
0: of I'm just a catalyst standing in front of another catalyst you, know,
2: yeah. <laughs> you had them. me a catalyst
0: <laughs> That's right
2: <laughs> All right as we wrap our conversation today Paul do you have a call to action for our listeners
0: Um the call to action would be to if you discover you're a catalyst work yourself through that process of of becoming one with that observation you just embrace it learn your skills work on your your challenges but Um, you'll get to the point where it's clear to you, your page 66 moment is in front of you. You will at some point discover that this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. Whether it means changing a job or changing an environment, I don't know. It'll depend. Um, But once you've seen yourself in that role, you cannot unsee it. And it will make the world a better place, but also your own life a better place. So do go to that point, work for it and then embrace it and share it with others who will be inspired by yourself.
2: Embrace and share, I love it. I'm taking all kinds of little notes as I listen to you Paul, it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for the gift of being here with us today, sharing your journey, sharing your wisdom. You've already impacted Shannon and I. I can't even begin to imagine the ripple that it's gonna have with the Catalyst community,
0: so thank you. Excellent, looking forward to that and thanks for the opportunity to share. Absolutely.
2: And thank you so much for listening to our listening audience. If you'd like to learn more about how to accelerate positive change, go to our website at www.catalystconstellations.com.
1: And of course, be sure to check out that book that Paul keeps referencing. I have to go back to page 66, paragraph 3, our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burnout. If you have other catalysts in your life, hit the share button and send a link their way.